This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Welcome. In this week's podcast, we offer a short reflection on the story from Exodus chapter 16, where the, the people of God are in the wilderness, a place of dislocation in their archetypal pilgrimage from a place of bondage to a place of well-being. The text that Anne read to us this morning gets us back on track with the lectionary, that series of readings that as a denomination we try to follow. I steered us off the off-ramp early in the summer so we could look at the parables of Jesus just because I'm in charge and I get to do what I want. (laughs) But I've steered us back on to the highway of the lectionary And that's what the text this morning is from, this story from Exodus. And to give you some idea, the Exodus story, it's it's hard to overestimate the importance of the Exodus story in the life of Israel of old and even for our Jewish brethren of today. This is a foundational an overarching story of importance to explain who we are and why we are and what we're about. And for those of us that didn't grow up Jewish, it's hard to understand how a story could be so powerful. The the closest we come in our culture is uh, in a month or so we'll celebrate Thanksgiving and we have this story of the pilgrims, our forebearers having a meal with the indigenous folks that were already here and that we were nice to them right before we stole all their land. But So there's that Thanksgiving story, that mythological story that's part of our history. Or think of Paul Revere, oneeth by land, twoeth by sea, how you know we emancipated ourselves from English rule. These are stories that help shape who we are as a nation. But this Exodus story is that kind of a story only on steroids. It is the massive story to explain to Jewish folks who they are and why they are and how important their being is. And as we're picking this story up because we've rejoined the lectionary, we're sort of midway through where the lectionary readings are. They began uh, several weeks ago in the Exodus story. So we're catching up in the wilderness with the people. And if you remember enough of your Bible stories enough, God helped liberate Israel from Egyptian rule. The Israeli people were slaves in Egypt. And through a, a series of plagues, God got Pharaoh's attention and they let the Jewish people go and God parted the Red Sea and has taken them on this journey and they are now in the wilderness. And biblically, wilderness is code language for a scary place where you don't know what's going to happen and there's not a lot of provision, there's not a lot of food. My wife and I enjoy watching the alone Uh, television programs on the History Channel where they drop these survivalists off in the middle of nowhere 
and it's sort of like a starvation test to see who can last the longest. It's called a loan. I don't know if you've seen it. But it's fascinating what these folks go through trying to survive making a living in barren places, which is what our, our faith ancestors had to do in this wilderness. It's an archetypal imagery that's used. It far transcends the Jewish nation. This is the story of a journey from a place of bondage to a place of well-being. And it's a journey all of us at some point make in our lives from that place of being a slave to someone or something into a place of, of health and safety and promise. But the journey is, is scary because you're uncertain of where you're going or how you're going to get there or will you have enough. It's not a safe journey. And so it brings on anxiety. And there's debate by people like me, theologians and preachers, about did this Exodus event actually ever happen or not. For me, that's besides the point, because it's true whether it was ever factually so or not. And I love the way it captures our human nature. So here are these folks that have been liberated as slaves. They're now out in the wilderness heading for what will be the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey where there'll be plenty and it'll be safe and good and they'll be able to have good lives. And already, because it's so scary in the wilderness, well, being a slave wasn't that bad. At least we had food. And they're already complaining. It's amazing how anxiety can cloud over our recent memory because it's so scary here in the wilderness. Wow, well, being a slave, at least they fed us. We had food. Yeah, the work was hard, but, you know, it was saying, now we're going to die out here. And so anxiety has uh, set in, and the people are afraid. Now, I have been told that good hikers could make the journey from Egypt to Israel, this trek they went, in two or three weeks. It took this group 40 years <laughs> to make a trip of two or three weeks. And someone once asked Prime Minister Golda Meir of Israel, is it true that Jewish folks are smarter and, and brighter than other people? And she looked at him and said, look, it took us 40 years to find the only place in the Middle East without oil. <laughs> so I don't know about that. So anyway, but what this speaks to me is God was doing something inside of these folks to prepare them for what they were coming to. It wasn't just about the destination. It was about the process in getting there. Now in this story that Anne read to us, four times at least, the people are uh, grumbling in the translation we heard this morning. Another translation that says the people were crying out to God. And one of the things I love about this text is that God doesn't come and slap them up the side of the head and say, shut up, get over it. I, I got you out of slavery. Aren't you great? You in greats? None of that. God comes and cares for them because God understands that the people are afraid because there's just so much uncertainty about where they are. 
And it's in this process that God actually shows God's self to the people. Moses has his brother Aaron speaking to the people because Moses, there's early in the book of Exodus, there's this benign little verse that says Moses was slow of speech and nobody really knows what's it. But Moses, for whatever reason, didn't like public speaking, didn't like, he wasn't a good talk. So he conned his brother Aaron into being the voice. <laughs> and so Moses would tell Aaron what to say and Aaron would be the spokesperson and get her. So Aaron's trying to calm everybody down in the, in the wilderness. And the people see the glory of God, the cloud of God in the wilderness. Their eyes are opened and they see that even in this place of uncertainty, even in this wilderness, God is with us. And it reminds me of the beautiful quote of, of the wonderful Corey Ten Boom, who was a, a, a Christian woman during World War II. And she and her family, Christian family, would hide Jewish folks from the Gestapo to try to protect them. And eventually they got caught along with the Jewish folks they were hiding. And, and Corey Ten Boom and her sister had to go to a concentration camp and spent years in a concentration camp. And later, Corey Ten Boom, her experience in the concentration camp, this is the quote she came up with. She said, you know, what I learned there was no pit is so deep that God is not deeper still. Even in the concentration camp, she knew God was with her. As the people in the wilderness knew by this cloud that God was with them in this place of uncertainty and anxiety. And, and the way it's described in the book of Exodus, it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And I think, you know, look, when you're in a desert and the sun's beating down on you, a cloud by day is a good thing because if you're bald, your head will get sunburned. And so a cloud is good protection during the day. And at night it gets cold in the desert. And so to have a nice fire is a good thing. So God's presence was with the people. And then God provides this manna, this, this, this bread, this dew that would come up on the ground, and they could somehow bake it into bread. And, and I love it the way this story that Anne read to us ends. You know, the, the, the folks come out and they see this stuff and they go, what is it? And that's what the word manna means. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. But somehow they made it into bread and quail came, and, and they had enough provision for every day while they were out there. And on Fridays, there was a double portion, so they wouldn't have to go collect on Saturday, so they could keep the Sabbath, the Shabbat, which is another whole lecture we could get into. But so they have enough for every day while they're there. And God was with them day by day, in the wilderness, working within them to prepare them for the place they were coming to. And as I read this text, in the life of our own faith community, I see many, many similarities. For the last year and a half or so, we've been in the wilderness. The leadership of our church had a drastic change. Our pastor left and we've been in this wilderness or interim time. I was hired and brought in to help uh, in the interim process, this uh, time in the wilderness. As we get ready for 
a new leadership structure that will come in the future. And so the work we have been about has uh, been important work in the wilderness that we have been in. And I think the questions that this text asks in a very profound way are asked of us as well. So the question I see in this is, do we trust God on this journey? That's what the people of Israel had to ask themselves as they were in the wilderness of Zin, traveling to the promised land. Do we trust God is with us in this journey? And I would suggest to us, do we trust that God is with us as we have now shifted gears and begun to consider searching for a new permanent full-time pastor? Do we trust God is with us? Do we trust that God will prepare us in our hearts for the person that will come and lead us? Just as are we trusting that God will begin to prepare that person's heart for us to lead us? These are profound questions that the texts asks of the people of Israel and I think our situation asks of us in this time and this place. And I want to tell you, look, I've had great fun being the interim pastor here. It has been a joy. It's been a lot easier and a lot more fun than I ever dreamed it would be. But hell, you got to remember, I was a hospice chaplain for 17 years. So for 17 years, I was with dying people. So yes, this is a lot more fun than going to see dying people every day. So yes, this has been more fun and easier than I thought. But I know, look, I'm going to be 71 later this year. I've got some other things to do before I need a hospice chaplain. And so I'm here until we get new leadership. But I want to say, we have done, as, as God prepared these people for the promised land God was taking them to, God's done a lot in our midst in the last year and a half. We've done a lot of good work. Dr. Karen McClintock came and led us through the Listening Post project. And we did serious reflection on who we are as a community, how we have behaved to others in the past and to each other. And we've taken stock of that. And we have done really good work. I can, I've been a member of this congregation since 2008. And in my whole time of being part of this community, I can honestly say to you this morning, our leadership structure of the church is as strong today as I've ever known it to be. All of our committees, our council, our ministry teams, they're really led by good people that are committed and strong and doing good things. Financially, I think the church is in as healthy a place as that I can remember it being in. So we've done really, really good work together in preparation for what is to come. And I trust that God will be with us in this whole search process as we begin to assemble a pastoral search team. As I shared last week, their first task will be to, to paint an accurate portrait of who we are as a people 
and then begin to look at resumes of people that would apply to come and walk with us. So as we begin to assemble this search team, I trust, I can honestly tell you that God is with us. I've shared with our moderator, Linda Anderson, that if we commit to do the right things and we try to do them the right way, whatever it is we need is going to show up just when we need it, just like the manna. If, if, if we go and, and, and look at the things that have been rebirthed in our community. We've got Justice and Witness ministry team strong and up and running again. We've made a home for the Tatarenkos, a, a Ukrainian refugee family. We've got a number of really positive, wonderful things, initiatives happening and taking place. And if we continue to do the right things and have a good attitude towards each other, I trust the, the what is it, the manna, will show up just what we need at just the right time for just the right day. And it won't last for longer than we need it. You know, it'll wear out in a day or two, but then more will come. I referenced uh, a couple of months ago one of my favorite Zen stories where two students were arguing about what is more important, the journey or the destination. And their master told them to shut up. <laughs> it's neither the journey or the destination. What's most important is the companions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. We're in this journey together, and we've got good companions. And as we are kind to each other, as we work together trying to do the good things, realizing we're not going to do it perfectly, we're going to mess up. We're going to bump and stumble around, but in the midst of it all, I can honestly assure you it is my firm belief that God is with us, as crazy as we are, and that we will get just the right person at just the right time to take us in just the right direction. I, there's a, a quote I, I looked up this morning because I wanted to say it correctly. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, good German philosopher, is famous for saying, at the moment of commitment, he's saying, when you make a commitment, the entire universe will conspire to assist you. And that is my belief. We're going to make this commitment. We're going to be a good church. We're going to do the work. We're going to get things in place. And at just the right time, the right person is going to show up and lead us into whatever is next. And it will be good.